action. Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk. And Joshua Whitting, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. Wow. <laughs> and we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but there are always gaps that need to be filled. So in this episode, I've recommended we watch a film that we've not yet seen. For this episode, I chose The Notorious Betty Page, directed by Mary Harron. The Notorious Betty Page is a biopic of a famed 1950s pinup and bondage model, Betty Page, played here by Gretchen Mole. I'd never seen this film before. I'd heard of it, and I remember it coming out at the time, and I didn't really give any notice. I didn't go see it, even though I really enjoyed um, Mary Harron's adaptation of American Psycho. I actually prefer watching the film of American Psycho over reading the book, which is odd because the film came second, mm-hmm. um, which is not such an obvious thing to say because I grew up reading a lot of book adaptations of, of the film. You know, you, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, Star Wars came out, then a novelization of it uh-huh. came out. Yeah. And then like, I remember reading the novelization of Batman forever. Oh God. I know. You. It was really good though. Oh, yeah? um, so I was really surprised when I flipped on this one. And it was in black and white. And not just black and white. It was shot as if it was shot in the 50s, which I thought was such a genius, genius idea. Yeah. Because it, it, it took place in a version of the 1950s that existed in the films of the times, much like I think we, we spoke about it on, on the podcast. Barry Lyndon took place in all those amazing portraits and all those amazing paintings. It didn't take place in our universe. It took place in that universe so to place this this film the the notorious betty page in that universe was was genius yeah it looks amazing it it looks like kind of double indemnity you know uh, maltese falcon it's got that really gorgeous like crisp black and white with kind of like fuzzy lighting you know the the lights are all a bit fuzzy in the background Mm. and um everyone it, it this is what i loved about this film is that it it genuinely does look like a film that we've, you've just discovered that was shot in the 50s. It doesn't try to be the films that were around at that time. It just kind of is. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not so much a, a parody. It's just slipping in there yeah. and just hiding amongst the crowd. Mm. It's just it's hiding in plain sight. Yeah. And it, I couldn't work out if they were using 50s stock footage for some of the you know, the general views of like a bus going down the street or something or people milling about a town hall or if they'd gone out and shot those and then, you know, graded them or or, mm. or processed them to look like they were old, uh, you know, yeah. copyright-free clips. Yeah, I think they were, it, for, to me it looked like, because they were quite grainy in a way that did make them look a bit like they were kind of scavenged out of an archive somewhere. But that kind of was fine. And even though they were those stock... The stock shots were quite grainy and old. It didn't jar with the, the fresher-looking um, kind of shot stuff that she that Mary Harron shot. No, because if you watch old movies, that's exactly what happens. They have these, yeah. you know, shitty incidentals in the middle where it's clearly not, you know, Cary Grant or whoever, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, walking down the street. 
it's his character but it's not him doing that because it's just stock footage and yeah. then they cut to like the studio shot stuff yeah. you know um, Hitchcock used to do it in his early shit mm-hmm. so this film really it's quite intuitive they picked up on little things like that and thought well we can get away with it because they did it they've set that genre they've set that style you know 60 50 60 years before mm-hmm. so let's just carry on with that yeah um yeah it's, it's got this real innocence to it that kind of is really difficult to capture actually especially because you do feel like you want to do pastiche or you want to send it up in some way yeah but it's almost like the intervening what 60 70 years just didn't happen and they just and carried they on just as, carried on doing what they were always doing yeah i wouldn't I, I mean i never i didn't look into it but i would i wouldn't be surprised if they researched heavily into what film stock i imagine this was shot mm. on film it doesn't look digital it looks too lush even though it's black and white it looks far too lush i imagine they researched into what film stock was used what cameras and what lenses as well oh definitely because it's not just the black and white scenes that look um gorgeous and look so in place in that time period it's when it flips to miami and they're suddenly in color and boom they've got those odd colors that tech that weird pre-technicolor where everyone's just a little bit off a little bit too bright just a, yeah just a little bit too like the, yeah. blue, the blues are just a little bit too blue the you know the, the reds are very deep the greens are like very very like it's just such a weird it's almost like edging towards turquoise yeah but they've just got it spot on well because it, it's meant to look i guess like a magazine cover yeah that kind of sunny like optimistic postcards yeah like yeah. it doesn't exist in real life but it no. definitely existed in <laughs> in culture well even even the way people were lit is not how things are, are lit in real life everyone's yeah. just so wonderfully like flat lighting there's no shadow on her face at all yeah she looks amazing yeah for her i'm 32 <laughs> that was great <laughs> well, don't say you're over 25 babes no one likes an old model in this <laughs> town her as a character mm-hmm. betty page let me know your thoughts on 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 what you took away as from her as a character her the, the the portrayal of betty page in this movie what do i what do i think yeah um so it's interesting because she she just has this kind of kind of sunny optimistic kind of she's almost like this asexual creation like she doesn't like there's a great quote i'm not sure if it's in the film but one uh what's his name thingy jaeger when he was describing the real betty page he said that even when she's nude, she doesn't seem naked. And I kind of felt... Yeah, I read that. I, I yeah. I think that, that, I think that was in the film. Right. Yeah. And it, and that definitely, it definitely feels that way. Like, she she just looks... It just, it's so natural for her to be yeah. naked. And you don't feel uncomfortable about it. You don't feel particularly excited about it. It's just like, this is just the way she is and should be. Um, and I think that... Um, What's her name? Gretchen Moll. I think she's great because she really captures this sense of a woman who is almost a bit before her time. She's kind of a bit of an outsider, maybe. Um, there's this kind of dark suggestion that that she may be doing this and she may be asexual because of this rape trauma that happens at the beginning of the film where she gets kind of taken off by this guy and his gang of friends and bad stuff happens. But that's kind of a that's a very dark splinter you might say in the film that in an otherwise very bright optimistic kind of film um and and the character of betty page is she's kind of she's a church girl she goes from being a church girl to this kind of pin-up but she she's 
she essentially goes on that journey because of men. She doesn't choose to do this off her own back. She is invited by men who find her attractive to do this. Um, and at first that's, that's a source of um, kind of, not anxiety, but it, it just doesn't feel right. It kind of feels like, are you being exploited by all these men? Um, and there's definitely a sense of that. But there's a wonderful moment where she decides to own this and she she kind of takes control of her eroticism or her body. Which part? Which part it, is that? It's when she strips off completely in the woods and she just suddenly just goes, you know what, fuck it, and just kind of okay. go, takes all her clothes off. And she starts to enjoy herself with it. And there's there's a real innocence to it, though. It doesn't feel seedy and and exploitative because... She genuinely seems to be actually enjoying herself and having a great time. See, I took away something completely different. I just really? felt that I didn't. You, you said this on on Barry Lyndon episode. If if I can mention that one again, yeah. you said that even though the film is called Barry Lyndon, by the end of it, you didn't really feel like you knew who Barry Lyndon was. Mm. It's the same here. I didn't feel like I knew who Betty Page was. I just felt that the portrayal was so passive. Mm. She wasn't actively doing anything she just went from one thing to the next with no real passion to do it no real determination she didn't want anything she just Mm. seemed to wander through these other people's lives and these situations and somehow come out on top and somehow be the one that everyone wants yeah no yeah i totally understand yeah i kind of do agree that you don't really know who she is because she she kind of goes from being a church girl to being in this pin-up to then returning to the church. With a marriage in, in between. Yeah, and having the marriage Which was as over well. like a minute. Yeah. More <laughs> I even wrote down, well, that marriage ended quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did beat her up, so, you know. Once, yeah. I mean, um, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm just saying... <laughs> it was they, one time. <laughs> they, they didn't show too much of that. No. That, that part of her life. Yeah. And I, I wonder, was that a... Was that a conscious decision to keep the film light? Was that conscious decision to Mm. make her seem quite um passive and quite you know like a bit of a nothing character i felt like they were investing characterizations in other characters which Mm. are a little bit off to the side more than they were betty page yeah i guess so yeah i could see that that she's just kind of this object that does get passed around a bit um but i definitely i definitely think that there's a moment where she decides to do this and this is what she's going to do and um and I found it very interesting that actually she ends up being in all these films where she's kind of being spanked and spanking other women and she's kind of trussed up in all this get up like S&M gear. Um, but it's I find it very interesting that she ends up being filmed by a woman, mm. uh, Paula Claw, who's played by Lily Taylor, who I love. Um, and it's it's kind of this like really unsensationalized thing where it's an industry. No one's. No one's being forced to do anything. They all just want to make some money. Um, you're not entirely sure of actually Betty, uh, Betty's motives. Um, but she's just kind of... She didn't have any. Well, no. There were no motives. Yeah, that's true. Like, why did she want to leave the church when she was a kid? Didn't she want to she have didn't... some she adventure just... or something? But she didn't have so... to leave the church for that. Yeah. And why did she go back? She kind of... Wasn't she worried that she was going to be sent to hell or something she wanted no, to because she said i'm all right with god didn't she yeah something along those lines well this is yeah i mean i would i would actually say that yeah she said i believe in jesus when yeah. she was just about to have the ball gag put in yeah. <laughs> yeah and she was like strung up like jesus 
Yeah, true. And I mean, not like I mean, Jesus wasn't into S and M, or yeah. we don't know he might have been. Yeah. But you know, it, it's it's quite interesting that you know she's in a in a kind of Christ crucified yeah. like, like position, and she's saying, "I believe in Christ. I believe in Jesus." So and she never really left, and he never left her. Yeah. So why did she feel that suddenly she needed to go back to the church at the end? What happens after the court case? Oh, it's because she gets ostracized. Everyone knows her. Everyone recognizes her and everyone judges her. Mm. Um, there's, you know, e- <laughs> even though this is an extremely innocent time for porn, <laughs> yeah. you know, 1950s, she's she's literally in, you know, tiny little outfits or occasionally nude, but not, not really showing anything below the waist, front side anyway. Um, and it's just kind of almost, it's almost cute, all this out, out, outrage and uproar about how this is going to affect the youth of today and all yeah. this kind of stuff because it is essentially just people getting dressed up you know you go to comic con and you see this kind of stuff nowadays um, different times yeah different oh yeah, standards. yeah but there's never actually there's never a um there's never any uh indication of if betty knows what's at what people are using this material for like nobody ever she never seems to kind of think what why do guys want to, me to do this like what what is this serving she never seems to question that that's because she, the character's really passive <laughs> well yeah i know yeah yeah that's true but she must not be that naive like the real betty in our world not the one in the film yeah. she must have known she was getting paid well yeah and then she fell in with like hugh hefner didn't she like he was a big fan of hers and stuff yeah they became friends i think so she would and be the aware in, of the sex industry and the woman in miami played by sarah paulson yeah so she she must have known mm. but she of course she bloody knew yeah but she never verbalizes any of that, does she? She no. has, but she does. There is a slight sense of like shame attached to it. Like she doesn't want her parents to know that she's taking her clothes off. And then when she's when she becomes a recognizable, when she becomes kind of semi-notorious after this court case, um, that's when she starts to shy away from it all, and she's she's ashamed of. Well, she she implies she's ashamed. She doesn't say that she's. She says at yeah, the end, I, "I'm not ashamed," but she kind I don't of think is. She's ashamed. Hmm. And I, I just, I just don't get why she, she sort of went back because she was saying things like, you know, Adam and Eve were naked in the, yeah, the Garden of Eden, and when they were shamed, they put their clothes back on. Yeah. And before she said that, the scene was her getting dressed. Mm-hmm. So was she shamed? Does she feel ashamed? And mm. or she's saying that she has been shamed yeah. by society as a large. She's been shamed, but she won't feel ashamed. Maybe I don't know. The film as a whole didn't seem to it didn't seem to choose one side either it was very much on 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 the fence it was very mm. you know it, it it gave both sides of the pro porn and the anti porn mm-hmm. argument equal time um yeah you know we saw the court case we saw the kind of things that the the anti porn establishment was was talking about the fact that the the guy found his son in some sort of you know trust up hung it must have oh, what's that called when you what's it called when you you wank by you, know, you strangle yourself a, a, oh yeah sexual asphyxiation like, the guy something. from in excess yeah. michael hutchins he did all yeah. that um and thingy carradine from kill bill bill himself oh, died yeah. in that way yeah he did um and also that tv presenter <laughs> from the gay show and the property shows christian something oh god he died like that as well yeah. god Wow. So many people. Yeah. Um, Autoerotic. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what was I saying before I started uh, <laughs> going off on a tangent? He's had another cup of tea, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they showed both sides. Um, 
but they never really seem to take a stance. And I feel sometimes with films, they need to take a stance. Otherwise, it just feels a bit incomplete. It kind of feels like, oh, well, you know, all the information's out there. Hmm. But you haven't really told us what you think. I know what I think, but, you know, I watch a film because maybe I want to see someone's point of view. Yeah, I th- I think I quite liked, I, li- I like a bit of ambiguity. Um, and actually, I didn't mind that. I actually quite enjoyed the fact that it didn't cast judgment. It didn't try to to make Betty into either a martyr or a victim or um, someone that we should be embarrassed for or any of that stuff. I felt like I enjoyed the fact that it was ambiguous. Do you feel that it should have gone on longer? Not not necessarily longer than 90 minutes, uh-huh. but longer in her life. Because there's a whole, there's a whole like chapter two, which is just as interesting. That she kind of tried to be a domesticated or domesticized or whatever it is. Well, she, you know. she carried on her life in the church. Mm. And then um, years later, like 20 years after, 30 years maybe, she, you know, interest suddenly pipped again. And people became interested in her. Like Dita Von Tees and people like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then someone helped Betty sue for royalties that she was actually um, huh. earned. Wow. She was actually... <laughs> Sorry, it's that tea. She was actually owed and she got a big payout. And now, post-death, she died. She died not long after this film came out. She saw the film, yeah. But I couldn't, I I had a look online, I couldn't find any, like, quotes from her talking about the film. Well, she's been quoted as saying she liked it and she liked uh, Gretchen Mole. Um, But but there's been other quotes where people say that she didn't really like that they, the way they depicted her life, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, ambiguous <laughs> it is ambiguous but yeah. she from what i understand the the betty page estate is now valued at like 10 million dollars wow and all from you know from smutty little pictures yeah good for them i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but but would you have wanted to have seen that as like a you know the latter half of the film i suppose i suppose this part the the part of her life that we saw was the fun kind of the fun part of the life and then there's the fallout which is later on i think that the style of this film wouldn't necessarily have fit with that part of her life the later years but then they they could just change the style they could just make it like a 70s movie i guess so maybe that's it maybe the the thing you just said then maybe that's it maybe that's why i have such an issue with with the film or part part issue with the film is that it's there's too much light there's too much fun there's no any real like CD or any real danger is kind of hushed over really quickly. The initial rape, mm. the abusive husband, which he's gone in like, he's met and gone in like three minutes of screen time. Mm. And then there's no real danger. Even later on when she's ostracized, we only see one audition where they've only brought her in because I want to meet the notorious Betty Page. Because after like two minutes of screen time, she's happy singing her little church songs with a jumper on. Looking what? all cutesy and like, I'm happy now. I've got Jesus in my life. Is she happy though? I think that there's definitely kind of a, tw- there's like a duality going on there where she's, I think there are moments when you can see that she's actually quite a sad, lonely person. Um, where? I did not pick up on that. She's just seemed like, well, there's that, like, there's like that really cherry pie. Like, oh my God, gosh, okay, I'll get my boobs out. No, there's that really kind of sad moment where she's in acting class and she's told to sit on stage and do nothing. And her version of doing nothing is taking her tights and her shoes off and unbuttoning her top. And then she's basically shamed off stage and told, 
you don't have to do that honey you haven't got to take your clothes off which mm. is like yeah okay yeah you don't have to take your clothes off but maybe maybe you know actually i read a very interesting review by roger ebert back in the day yeah um, when he was writing about this film and he said that um we're in in kind of betty's version of life by not doing by wearing clothes she is doing something like so she should just take her clothes <laughs> off because she's by wearing them she's doing something which is very funny um yeah, but there was a sad. There's a sadness to her, I think, and the film doesn't let that really show explicitly. No, there's too much light, not enough dark. Yeah, which is strange for a black and white movie, which is <laughs> literally light and dark. Yeah. So that was the notorious Betty Page, directed by Mary Harron. We want you to join the conversation. Tweet us your thoughts and your reviews to at Pod even if you're listening to this way after we've released the podcast and suggest movies for us to watch. Let's keep the conversation going. Give us a five-star rating as well. That'd be great. We're off to take our clothes off. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut! Cut!